podcast. One thing that I wanted to start off with was a lot of misconceptions that people have about uh, a lot of symbolism. We could call it angels and demons. With the angelic aspect, a lot of people don't really realize that when you see angel wings on a figure, that just means the spiritual prowess that they have. It's their ability to transcend different realms of consciousness. That is their not means of transportation, but rather something that they use to navigate. So it's not necessarily like a person has wings. It's more the sense that that is a symbolic nature of them being able to use their own abilities to be able to go through different avenues and be able to navigate accordingly or correctly. The other aspect is horns, um, like the whole devil horns and, or angel wings. It's like you're either one or the other. Um, I think that is a false narrative because of the semiotic nature and the way that things are written. And semiotics is kind of like a fancy word for symbols or symbolism. Like horns themselves represent power. They represent the power that the, per that the person or spirit or deity, whatever you want to call it, has. So essentially that would be their ability to be able to navigate these, these different areas and be able to always maintain control over those, those things. It's kind of like a, a noble cause, knowing that if you were good at something and you could apply a specific set of skills, they would call upon you because you would be able to provide results. Another aspect to that would be knowing that the certain times of a day are the ones that navigate which ones are on and which ones are off. It's kind of like uh, the same way that you would look at a work schedule and you know the hours that you have to work. You could take Trinitarian Wicca as an example, the same way that you would use uh, from from dawn until dusk, knowing that there's a two-hour gap in between each avenue of everything, that until the sun rises, until the sun sets, you know that that is your window of opportunity, that you can accomplish things just knowing which ones are set to a specific time limit. It does, it does change. Uh, over time, like if you're going by the 12 zodiac signs rather than the 13 zodiac signs, missing Quetzalcoatl and Ophicus, uh, which is the dragon constellation, it's very popular within uh, old cultures. You could take uh, the Chinese zodiac as an example, like the name Long means dragon in Vietnamese. Lots of different Asian cultures all have these things still assimilated within their culture, right? And then only upon colonization, that is what actually brought all of this to fruition, you could say, with the Gregorian calendars, 12 months in a year, 24 hours in a day, and the way that all of that stuff is orchestrated.
So if you look past all of that stuff, you could look at things in a new way because we're so conditioned into the whole 12 months thing and the 12 zodiac signs or even people that believe in Hebrew Israelites when that is the 12 zodiac sign and the lesser known aspect of that is considered the Nephilim or the giants when that is an aspect that is strictly considered the Ophicus or the Quetzalcoatl constellation which many ancient monoliths are all aligned with that as well as aligned with Orion which is the Swastika constellation with the northern star in the very center of it that's what we know today as the Big Dipper so knowing all of this and knowing that there's a huge missing gap in between what we know and what we don't and what we're told and what we need to search and find deep inside all of that is hidden you could call it a cult you could call it the hidden gnosis there's there's many different names for it but i think the bottom line of all of it is Having discernment, knowing that when you read something, you can't take it for 100% fact. And when you listen to something, you can't take it for 100% fact unless it is something that you can research, something that you can meditate on, something that you can actually focus on 100%, knowing that you have a goal of knowing what the truth is and what your true purpose is. Otherwise, I think it's all going to fall onto deaf ears if you cannot be the blind man that can finally find his way to see if you understand the allegory. So I think the bigger picture behind everything is understanding that there is a hidden resonance behind text and there is also a symbolic nature in the way that things have not only been read and not only have been written but also the way that they are spoken. If we can look past all of the preconceived notions that we have and the ways that we are programmed and the ways that we try to approach a situation and whether it's a friend or family or whatever may have you there is a need for truth and there is so many people that are willing to shoot you down as soon as you start to fly up into the atmosphere so to speak otherwise we're just going to stay stuck in the same box and that paradox is going to continue and it's a vicious cycle the only way that we can actually break the chains of the mundane is essentially to become the ones that are in control of your own destiny. If we can't fathom that thought and we can't reciprocate that with results, nothing will ever change. The only thing that we can change is ourselves. And that's the only way that you can change the world. You change your world to change yourself. I'm sorry if you think that the world revolves around you. It doesn't. The only thing that you're in control of is your inner world. That is the only place where the world revolves around you. The external world is completely different. We're in contact with so many different types of energy, so many different types of thought processes, and so many different types of philosophies and theologies and sociologies that there's nothing really left except for how we can externalize, how we internalize all of our realist and purest thoughts. 
They could even be sinister. It, it really doesn't matter. All of these things are eventually going to come to fruition. It's like that old saying, everything in the dark will always come to the light. When you go into the subconscious mind and you search for the truth and you're trying to walk away with the head of the dragon, essentially, the only way that you can do that is knowing that you had pure intentions going in and you're going to leave with the purest intentions knowing that you're going to be back. The ultimate thing that anybody can do is make sure that they're doing everything that they're doing for the greater good. But you need to help yourself before you can ever help anyone else. Because misery loves company.